like most of my poor life decisions, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> you figure out when it's time to figure it out. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1076, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just a little reminder, maybe a little heads up for those of you that are still new around here, that uh, at the beginning of each new month, I pick a person. I pick a winner. I pick a winner to win a free 16-week training plan, theoretically, you know, good for the race of your choice. You know, when you got a race coming up somewhere down the line, like, hey, I'd like to I'd like to have some help. I'd like to have a coach work with me for 16 weeks leading up to the race. That's That's theoretically what it's for, but hey. If you just want some help for for the better part of four months, if you want some help for 16 weeks with no real big goal race at the end of the the process, just some guidance for 16 weeks to kind of maybe get things going on a, on a good path for you, we can make that happen too. But as this episode comes out, we'll be picking a new winner soon. I think we've got about 10 days left in this month as this episode comes out, give or take, which means that uh, we've got a new winner coming and if you're listening to this after the new month, after we get into September 2022, guess what? The next month, I'm picking another winner. This this giveaway isn't going anywhere. This isn't time sensitive. The only time sensitive is, is if you get in before the end of August 2022, you got a chance to win at the beginning of September. If you don't, if it's September, then you get in and you have a chance to win in October. Once you enter, you're automatically re-entered. You don't have to re-up every month, nothing like that. So get yourself in it to have a chance to win it. How do you get your name in the hat? Real simple. Dizruns.com slash giveaway or at the homepage, Dizruns.com. Either way, it's pretty self-explanatory. If you go to Dizruns.com slash giveaway, it's literally the only thing you can do on the page. It says, what's your name? What's your email address? Bada boom, bada bam. You're entered into the giveaway. If you go to the homepage at Dizruns.com, there's like other options, but like the, the main option says, click here to enter. And <laughs> Guess what happens when you click there to enter? You enter your name. You enter your email address. Bada boom, bada bam. You are in it with a chance to win it. And uh, you also get my emails. Yes, you also get my emails when you sign up for the giveaway. I know no one wants more spammy emails in their inbox. So guess what? I do the best I can to not deliver spammy emails. My emails tend to read, hopefully, at least the goal is that they read more like blog posts, something something I usually try to take something from my life, share a little story, a little insight as to the goings-on in uh, you know, the, the world of me and my family, and then tie that into running somehow. What's a, what's a running lesson you can learn from this? What's a running takeaway? Something to keep in mind, hopefully, typically tend to be worth reading. Sometimes I miss the mark. Yeah, yeah, it happens. But for the most part, I like to think it's a useful three, four, five minutes of your reading email reading day. So anyway, get yourself a chance to win the giveaway. Maybe learn something or, or have a laugh, maybe both when you read my emails. But the best way to do both of those things is disruns.com slash giveaway or right there on the homepage, disruns.com. One way or the other, get yourself in it. Maybe just maybe in a coming month, you'll win it. And then we got a chance to work together for a few months for free. Disruns.com slash giveaway. Now, without any further ado, 
let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is a lady that uh, is a fan of uh, some of the longer distances in our sport. Definitely an ultra runner. And uh, she's gearing up for her first 100 miler and already has uh, some plans in place to go even farther in the not too, too distant future. Uh, she's also a personal trainer and nutrition coach. So needless to say, we will have no shortage of things to talk about today. So let's get the party started by officially welcoming Ms. Katie Kendricks to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Katie. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. And y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, want to connect with Katie, find out some more about her. Uh, LibraFitFoodie.com is the website. Uh, with, and obviously, she has all her connection info from there as well. And if you want to find her on social media, her personal is at Katie Kendricks, K-A-T-I-E-K-E-N-D-R-E-X. And kind of the business side of things, which is probably, you probably put that together. That's kind of where the website is. Uh, with, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that as we go. But the handle there on Instagram is at Libra dot fit dot foodie uh again at katie kendrick's personal at libra dot fit dot foodie for more of the nutrition side of things which like i said no doubt we're going to get to at some point uh disruns.com slash 1076 is the show notes for today get back there we'll have everything linked up in case you're out on the go can't write something down kind of forgot whatever where where are the dots where are not the dots no worries disruns.com slash 1076 all the links will be there as per usual so, Katie, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, a pretty simple question. Uh, not always the simplest question to answer, especially for you ultra-running folks. But one way or the other, it, it usually gives us plenty of, of fodder to continue the conversation. And that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Um, in the ultra-distance world, I don't feel like I have enough of them under my belt to choose one. Um, in the non-ultra-distance world, I like to say the half marathon. Um, but I find no matter what distance I sign up for, when I make it about halfway through the race, I wish I would have signed up for that <laughs> distance. <laughs> oh. um, with that being said, I always say I would rather do a 50K on the trails than a marathon on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm not going to push back too hard on that. Not that I ever really push back on anybody, but uh, I was I was hoping you were going to say you'd rather do a 50k on the trails than like a 5k because yes, a, a hundred times yes. Um, but still, I, I still think yeah, I, I'm probably with you. 50k on the trails, just easy peasy, kind of relaxed versus trying to hammer a marathon. Like both have their time and place as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, that, that 50k is just set it you know set it low, cruise like that's a good time. Yes. How'd you get started in the sport, Katie? You've been, you've been running for, for years and years and years, kind of come to it a little bit more recently. Where'd you, where'd you first dip your toes in this, this running world? Uh, that's a good question, and I'm still trying to figure out how I got here today. Um, so I did a little bit of track in high school. Um, so anytime I do anything cool and finish a race, I always say it's not too shabby for the girl who DNF'd her first two-miler in high school. Um, so I've, I've run. I never considered myself a runner. Um, I joined a um, mom's running group. Uh, moms run this town. She runs this town. And I met a really incredible group of women who I signed up for races really just to hang out with them. So I completed my first one and done half marathon because only crazy people run marathons <laughs> a year after my fourth child was born back in 2018. And it was awful. <laughs> uh, a couple months later, I experienced my first trail race and I immediately fell in love with that and 
since then, the longer distances, I think, started more as an adventure to see places. My first big ultra was Antelope Canyon, and um, it was an incredible experience, incredibly difficult for me. Um, but after that, I was just kind of sucked in, and now I, it's a mix of ad- adventure and trying to see and push the limits of what my body can do, because that's, I think, one of the appeals of this sport to me is seeing what people's bodies are actually capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking, looking forward to, to some of the future plans and some of the things that you've got on, on deck, but you can't, you can't team me up with a, I ran my first half marathon and it was awful story without, uh, or you can't, you can't hint at that without diving into it a little bit more because I, I think that all of us, if we've been running long enough, whether it was the first race or somewhere along the line, um, feel like we've all kind of had an awful race at some point i've had i've had a handful uh, no doubt about that um but but what uh, what happened in this in this awful first half marathon that you ran um i i live in arizona um so i don't enjoy the cold and february in arizona is either really hot or really cold and less than a week before the race the temperatures dropped about 20 degrees i had to change what i was planning on wearing Um, The course itself was just, it didn't do anything for me. It was boring and shaded, which made it even more cold. Um, My (laughs) big joke with me is I always have to know where all the bathrooms are along the way. Um, There are lines at all of the bathrooms on a half marathon course. (laughs) Um, So it was just overall just, I mean, I finished and I felt awful. So it wasn't a, a positive memory experience for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what then, like, I don't want to say made you, but, but why, why stick with running? Like, I, I feel like in that type of situation, it would have been real easy maybe to come back to it eventually, but to just be like, kind of wash your hands of it. Like the hell with this, like this was terrible. This was not fun. Um, but maybe, I don't know, maybe there was enough fun in the lead up to the race that you were, you know, kind of gave it a pass. Like, like why stick with running after that? Such a, such a rough first, first race. Um, so I also, uh, do CrossFit. And in my CrossFit community, there was a member who ran a half marathon, which is scheduled around the same time of the year. And she told me, you have to go try it out. She showed me pictures. She said, the views are amazing. You know, just go check it out. So I put it kind of, you know, in the back of my mind to try that the next year. And it was. I actually give that race credit for me continuing to run. Um, the longer distances and just kind of inch my way forward to where I am now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but yes, the, my first trail race was a couple, I think the April of 2018 and it was, it was a shorter distance. Um, but I think between just seeing the views of that and then experiencing a better half marathon the following year, the two kind of came together of, Oh, I can do longer distances. I am capable and it can be fun and the trails are where I belong. <laughs> gotcha. Were, were you kind of before that, were you a, a trails type of person? Like whether it's hiking, just kind of being, being more off road, being out, out in the wilderness ish is, was that kind of more of a thing that would have spoken to you anyway? Or was it just kind of happy coincidence that the trail race was so much better than the, than the road half? Definitely happy coincidence. I was never outdoorsy growing up. Um, my first camping experience was actually terrible. Uh, now I love to camp now. Um, I, like I said, though, I have been so blessed with amazing friends who are outdoorsy, who have um, those skills of 
um, being outdoors and the knowledge of how to um, navigate outdoors. And I've learned so much from them. And they've, you know, through being with them, I've seen the joy that it brings and just the peace and the beauty that's out there um, that that needs to be discovered and experienced. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I know I've said this before on the show, but like I tend to be more of a roadrunner purely for the convenience factor. Um, like I live in central Florida and like running through the swamps is fine, but like it's just easier to walk out the door and run on the run on the roads. But man, like when I have the opportunity to go on some good trails, even you know, and certainly we have good trails down here as well. It's just sometimes it's a, it's a pain to get, not pain, but it's, it's a thing to get to them right. versus walking out the door. Um, but yeah, man, trail, trail running, like there's just, there's just something about kind of, you know, I, and I don't know, maybe it's me, maybe, maybe it's, it's all of us, but just being so connected to everything all the time. And like you get out on the trail and you're just kind of back in, in the world. And, and it's, it's, you know, I don't know, maybe it's, it's a little bit, uh, whatever, uh, woo woo or whatever, but they're just like, oh, it just, it just invigorates you in a whole different level. Yes, definitely. So if I've got my timeline correct, the first, the first half, um, in 2018, not, not great to put it mildly, but the trail race <laughs> shortly after went, went well. So, all right, well, maybe we'll stick with this. And, and I got a friend that says, Hey, try this other half. It's really a great race. So a year later you do that and much better experience. Um, at that point, you know, what, what are you, what are you thinking in terms of, of running, you know, like as far as like, let's keep pushing the envelope or were you kind of like, all right, well maybe this was a better half marathon. Let's hang out here. I mean, kind of how was after that, that first, or I mean the second half marathon, but the first one that went well, um, what was, what was the mindset in terms of, of future in the sport at that point? Um, at that point, since I had gotten a little bit more comfortable with running, I was going to do the next higher distance of that first trail run that I did. Um, but then I came across a different trail run. It was a 33 K, um, which was far for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, but again, the, the, the beauty, the experience, the, the challenge, everything was there. So I went for it and that actually ended up being a, (laughs) a memory of a race. Um, I trained, it was one of those races where you train, your training plan just is, you nail it. And then you get to race day and six miles before the finish, I started having IT band issues and I was too naive to know that's what it was. Um, so I had to walk in the last six miles. So it was a little bit disheartening for me. Um, but again, the beauty was there. The experience was there. The, the people were there. Uh, so it didn't take me long to kind of push past that and, you know, eventually learn that it's a part of the process, you know, failure, things going wrong, you know, you can have a, an incredible training cycle and just something out of your control can happen on race day, or you can have a terrible training cycle, but on race day, everything just falls in line and it all works out. So there's that element of not being in control, actually, that's always the wild card and you just have to be prepared for anything. Yeah, that's that's so true, and it's such a blessing and a curse isn't quite the right way of saying it, I don't think, or at least not not what I what I'm trying to get across. But it's like, like, it can be so frustrating, but also so rewarding when, like, like you said, if things aren't going great, but you're like, well, I already paid for it, I'm gonna go and, and do it and whatever, and like, 
everything falls into place. And you're like, why, why did this happen? Why was it a good race today? <laughs> um, but so, so frustrating when, yeah, when training goes really well and something, whether it's weather, whether it's a little fluke kind of flare up of, of some type of itis, whether it's, you know, especially on the trail, like, you know, you, you, you roll your ankle on a, on a loose stone or something at the first, the first five miles of a, of a 50 K or whatever. And it's like, well, so much for, so much for just hammering it or cruising or whatever. Like it's going to be a whole different, different scenario at this point. Um, which, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun that, ex, that, that unknown, but man, sometimes it can be demoralizing, frustrating, whatever the right word happens to be. Yeah. So when did you kind of start getting like the, so 33 K for those that don't speak metric, just a touch over 20 miles, 20, 21 miles, something like that. Um, so like you said, far, certainly far, not, not trying to diminish that at all. But when did, when did some of this ultra running stuff start to come onto your radar as far as pushing out, you know, not only to a marathon, but to even longer than that? So the um, 33K was 20 miles on the trail and kind of doing the math. You know, there's a little bit of the, the conversion between road and trail that people focus on, whether it matters or not. I don't know. Um, so I said, wow, if I can do 20 miles on the trail, then I should be able to do a marathon, you know, and then I started thinking crazy thoughts and I'm like, is, can I even do this? I started texting my friends. Um, so I literally Googled marathons with no time cap mm. <laughs> and I found the Honolulu marathon. There's no time cap. I had never been to Hawaii. So that was kind of my next stepping stone. Um, and then I think as I was training for that, I came across the Antelope Canyon 50 mile race. Um, I had a friend who convinced me to sign up. We were debating between the 55K and the 50 miler. And in the description, the 50 miler goes through all of the slot canyons um, where the 55K misses one of them. And we decided that go big or go home. You know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're going to show up for 55K, you might as well get the full experience and, and see all of the slot canyons in case you never want to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the runner logic is is uh, I don't I don't know if I want to say the best logic. It's great logic, but yeah, you, you know, you never never uh, you know if you're not sure, don't ask a runner like should I should I do the 55k or the 50 miler? Especially asking an ultra runner because like well clearly the 50 miler like you'll be out there for three more hours. Like of course that's what you want to do. Um, what was just just touching on that that first marathon? So go out to Hawaii. What, what was, what was the, uh, the first marathon experience better than the first half marathon experience, hopefully? Yes. Overall. Yes. I mean, it was Hawaii. Right. Right. <laughs> just, just from that alone, it was better. <laughs> yes. So, um, I was not prepared for all of the environmental factors, which is fine. Um, you talk to anybody, it's, it's hot, it's hilly, mm -hmm. it's humid. Um, the humidity wasn't terrible. Um, but there was no cloud coverage on race day. So I had the sun just beating on me almost the entire time. Um, they also don't cap out the number of people there. So you spend a lot of energy trying to get through the, the sea and wall of people. Um, the, I think the biggest, um, the, the hardest thing for me was that, you know, being a part of a women's running group, you have people there cheering for you usually, you know, at the finish line um, along the course. And obviously being in Hawaii, I didn't have any of my friends there. Um, to cheer me on. Um, but at the finish line, I don't know, it was maybe a half, it was less than a mile to the finish. And, you know, I'm doing the math in my head of my goal time and, and can I make it? And well, there's no time cap. So do I really need to push? Right. And out of nowhere, there was a gentleman and I think there was probably um, 
a language barrier, but for some reason he picked me out and he stood with me and he made me go. And like, anytime I'd kind of pull back, he'd tell me go. And he, he took me to the finish line. He didn't let me quit. He didn't let me, um, give up and he made me finish hard and, you know, complete stranger. And it's, you know, it's for me, it was kind of like an angel sent Mm -hmm. to, um, make sure I had that experience since my friends couldn't be there with me. So it was a really, just really cool, uh, way to finish that race. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and I've I've been on been fortunate enough to be on both sides of that coin uh, in my whatever you want to call it career of of running, where sometimes you're just dying, and you know everybody's blowing by you, and then there's that one person that's like, come on, let's go, um, and and yeah, you know it, it does just kind of help pep you up a little bit and and get you across the finish line, and so nobody that you know, and then like I said, a couple times, and and certainly more, very much rewarding to be the one that's, that's like, Hey, come on, stick with me. You got this. Let's go. Um, you know, and, and, and help, help somebody else that's struggling a little bit. Cause again, we've all been there. We've all had those moments. Um, and, and that's a, that's a cool thing to do. And, and a, not a bad way to, to, you know, kind of a, like you said, like a little bit of an angel, a little bit of a, you know, kind of cherry on top of that first marathon experience. Like first marathon is always going to be a little bit rough, but like having somebody help literally, right there next to you helping you get get across the finish line that's that's a that's a fun little memory yes so what about the first the first 50 like how how long (laughs) after the 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 marathon like what was the time gap for for antelope in the 50 miles so the the marathon was in december and then as i was getting ready for um antelope canyon i think it's march okay yes it was the middle of march Um, so I did my second marathon actually out here in Arizona in February, two weeks later, um, there was a new race that came about, actually, it was a 50 K and it landed on the weekend of my peak training weekend Mm. for Antelope Canyon. I said, well, I might as well, you know, try it out, but I'm still new and navigating the trails and I'm just afraid I'm going to get lost Mm. (laughs) on a new course. Um, I happened to meet a new friend at a, uh, there was a local running group that would do runs and then we'd meet at the brewery afterwards. And, um, she said that she was thinking of doing it and I convinced her to do the 50 K with me. (laughs) (laughs) Again, running, running friends are the best slash worst friends. Like, Hey, we just met. You want to run, come run, run with me for 30 miles. Like, let's do this. Yes. So, um, I, I give her a ton of credit still to this day for getting me across that finish line. Um, that was to this day, I mean, especially in trail running and it was honestly probably even worse in some ways than my first half marathon. Um, you know, I went into it thinking like, Oh, it's just a a marathon. And if I, I always tell people a 50 K is just a marathon and then a five mile walking cool down. Like just think of it that way. It's no big deal. And it was just a bad day. Mm. Um, I couldn't, keep food down. Um, I had no appetite. I just kind of felt slightly dehydrated. It was really hot that day. Um, it was the first time on the trails that I ever mentally went dark and didn't think I was going to finish. Um, but she was a much more experienced runner than me. And, um, she kept everything positive and she kept telling me, she's like, I can see us crossing that finish line. Um, and she just she just kept me going and kept me positive, and we eventually did finish. It was my first uh, DFL, and I am <laughs> so proud of that. <laughs> I 
I embrace the DFL. I'm that I'm that runner. <laughs> oh, totally. Because so, because you know, and and not that there's ever anything wrong with like if it's not your day and like I'm not one at least. It's like oh, you quit, you gave like whatever. Like sometimes that's just that's just what has to happen. But like when you're struggling and you keep going, and yeah, you might end up dead last, but like you still grounded out and got through it. And like, I, I've, I, I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, I've never, I've never had a, a, a DFL to my, to my name, but I would absolutely own it and claim it. Just, just like, just like that, Katie, like it's, it's, Hey, it wasn't a great day, but we got it. We still managed to get it done. And, and that's just, you know, it happens. And that was one of the things that actually, I turned into a positive. Um, the following year I redid that race. I needed to, because it's a, it's a gorgeous course. Um, and I went in better and stronger and it still, I looked around and I was going out too fast and I was like fourth from the end. I was like, you know what? It's like, I'm not going to push for this. <laughs> it's like, I might as well make it a, a yearly tradition and just take the DFL for this race. <laughs> and the year later I finished it uh, last again. I took a half hour off my time. So it was, you know, I, I, I performed better. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, with that race, it's just the beauty is, there um it's one of my favorite races to do and so i go out there now and just i i do it for the experience and i don't even try to push it so gotcha gotcha so um, I'm, I'm a little nervous to ask this question because there, there seems like there's a theme um developing here of like first time race distances being a, a, a <laughs> bit of a struggle um but i'll come back to, to antelope canyon again now so um you know the 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 50, 50 K rough. Yes. Um, what about the 50 miler? Um, it was a rough beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was cold. Okay. It was pitch black. Um, actually it was also the weekend that everything shut down with COVID. Oh, right. Um, so I had gotten up there and, um, you know, they have kind of the pre-race, um, with the, the race director, and he said, if you see me, you know, pacing and stressed out, um, I was, I'm trying to make sure we can still get the mm-hmm. permits. Um, we were so, so very blessed. Uh, the Navajo Nation actually shut down the lands to the public, but left them open for the racers. Oh, wow. Um, so going into the race, no matter what, I tried to keep that in the back of my mind of how fortunate I was to be there and have that experience. Um, and, uh, so I, I tried, I tried to keep that in the back of my mind. Um, but yeah, it's a bit, so race morning, um, they, that's the first time they started doing kind of waves mm-hmm. and I am one, I, because I'm a back of the packer and I own it. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but I was afraid that I was going to miss that first cutoff, especially with the waves. Right. Um, so going into it and then hearing the course description, <laughs> There's a lot of scrambling in that course, and I did not read that in any race report. <laughs> you, you missed the fine print on that? <laughs> um, apparently. So, you know, the, the race starts out, you're in pitch black. You see, it's so cool if you start a race in the dark, though, just to see the line of headlamps mm-hmm. just going up a hill, going up a mountain. But you have your first scramble, like, almost immediately. And so I was in the car just crying that was the closest I got to a DNS <laughs> I was I was I joke I was honestly just like a toddler having temper tantrums I did not want to even start that race um between the cold and the dark and the scrambling and obviously you know I didn't sleep well the night before mm-hmm. um 
but my friends got me there and it ended up being an incredible day. I mean, it was it wasn't easy, but uh, the the parts that people talk about, everyone talks about the sand and how hard the sand is. I mean, it had been sprinkling and a little bit of raining a couple of days before, so I think that probably helped out a little bit with packing out the sand. Being mid to back of the pack, everyone packed it down for me, mm. so I really didn't have issues with the sand. So I was really happy about that. I met incredible people along the course. Um, I think that was one of the first times that I, you know, found that person to have that conversation with to um, keep going. And there was one uh, participant who, you know, we talked together and helped each other through and then went our ways. And then later on, she was struggling. And so I stayed with her to help push her along. And so it was kind of, you know, the give and take. And um, overall, it was a really great experience. My my crew and my pacers were um my best friend and her husband from California and uh, they are not runners. So it was kind of like the blind leading the blind. And it was, I think that's what made it a great experience though, is just, um, you know, just not knowing and figuring it out. So I, I think having that, uh, that bad race day a couple weeks beforehand, I got to see how things don't always work out. And, um, but yeah, Antelope Canyon is just, it's gorgeous. You know, the, the views are there. And for me, that's, if you, if you put the views there for me, I think I can get through just about anything. Um, it's part of the reason why I, I think I'm still in the sport. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, that's, that's, um, you know, kind of like we talked about a little bit earlier, at least kind of touched on like, like the places you can get to out on a trail with two feet that you can't get to with four wheels or two wheels or, or whatever, um, I could, I can see the appeal of that. Um, I've, I've tasted it a little bit and, and yeah, you know, a, a good, beautiful course, like it might be a, a challenge and it might be a struggle and it, it might be have all, all the, the obstacles out there. But if you know that like that next crest is just going to be, take your breath away, like you've kind of find a way to keep, keep grinding and, and get there and, and you see that one. And then, you know, the next around the next bend is probably going to be just as beautiful. So you just kind of keep on keeping on. Yes. So, um, not to bury the lead, but we mentioned this in the intro. Hundred miler coming up. What's uh, <laughs> what's uh, which race are you doing? How are things going? We as of recording, I think we've got I don't know exact dates, but a couple months as the time people listen to this, about a month uh, to the race. What what are what are you working towards? How are things going? Um, it's challenging. I'm not going to lie. Um, this is the first race that uh, first ultra, possibly first race that I've had to train through the Arizona summer. Um, most of my big races have been between February and April. And so I've had the fall and the winter to train. Um, Arizona heat is no joke. Um, I start my long runs on Fridays between three thirty and four in the morning usually. So there's no sleep. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's taken me back to some of the, the harder training days though, where I realized, you know, I really, I don't enjoy the training because you're on the same trails. And again, I do it when I, you know, you do it for partly, partly the adventure and the views going on the same, you know, trails over and over and over again, just, it gets monotonous. Mm -hmm. So I am very much looking forward to race day. I'm looking forward to cooler temperatures. It's uh, going to be, it goes from the uh, stagecoach 100 goes from Flagstaff to the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be cooler which will be nice. Um, I'm almost, 
I'm almost looking forward. I was like, it's too cold. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> like cold. Um, this, it's been a challenge, but I think, again, that's part of the experience is the challenge and seeing what your body can do. It's reminding yourself that the way you perform when it's a hundred plus degrees outside is not the same. You're going to perform, you know, when it's 50 or 60 degrees outside, um, having friends there to support me, um, just learning new things every day. It's a learning process. So I, um, I'm just finishing up my last down week before I start, um, my last build up to peak and then, it's taper and go time. Go time. Well, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this from others, but I'll, I'll just reiterate it for whatever it's worth coming from a schmuck in, in Florida where it's hot, maybe not quite as hot, but we've got that whole humidity factor. Um, mm-hmm. But training through the summer is tough, but man, it, it, it is like a superpower if it, if it is cooler on race day. So fingers crossed that the temperatures are in kind of that, that comfortable range for you. Uh, because all these grinding out the mornings at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning to try to beat the heat, but you're really, it's still hot even at that time anyway. Uh, yes. It'll pay off in spades when, uh, you know, if, if it really is, hopefully, you know, in those, in the fifties on race day, like you'll be just flying. And, and when, where did all this come from? Well, it came from a hundred degrees of, of training for several months. <laughs> yes. So you got it. You got a hundred coming up, which is obviously a big challenge, a big goal. It, it'll be a, a, an awesome thing. But also, as we mentioned in the intro, you've got your eyes set even uh, a little bit bigger, um, which came from, I'm assuming that the 100 miler came first, but you, you entered your name into the lottery for uh, the Tahoe 200 for next year, 2023. And uh, you got you got your name plucked like like I, I, for, for lack of a better way of asking a question. Why in God's name are you are you entering a lottery for a 200 miler before you've even run a 100 miler? Um. I didn't think I was going to get in. <laughs> and that right there is why I have not entered the New York city lottery yet. Because I'm like the one time I enter when I think, Oh, I won't get picked this year is when I'll get picked and then I'll have to do the bloody thing. Yes. Um, so I had a friend who tagged me in the post that the lottery was closing soon and it just kind of stayed in the back of my head. And I don't know. So it was, it was the last day to enter. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll put my name in it. I'm not going to get in. I said, you know, if anything, they'll see me as an underdog. Do they want to give me a chance to see what I can do? Um, because my, my history, um, that first 50 K that I did, um, between that and when I redid it the following year, I actually had, um, completed my first five ultra marathons in 364 days. Oh, wow. Um, so for, you know, having that. And then I was honest, they said, you know, there's a hundred hour cutoff. How long do you think it's going to take you to finish? And I said, well, 99 hours and 59 <laughs> minutes. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, I, even if I, you know, finishing is going to be a huge feat for me. Um, I am, I, I can't say totally aware. I do know that it is a more difficult course than I'm used to. I have not looked up those details yet because like most of my poor life decisions, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> you figure out when it's time to figure it out. Um, so yes, I saw on a um, social media post, somebody saying they got in and I quickly checked my email and I was like, Oh, I got in too. <laughs> I guess, I guess I know what I'll be doing next summer now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
I've never been to Tahoe. So besides the the shock, I was actually I'm excited though because I've only heard beautiful things about Tahoe. And again, it's an excuse to go and explore and and see the the beauty that that area has to offer. Yeah. Um, how I'm going to. Um, I'm, I'm, I am. I'm also intrigued by the training because um, I've heard that training for 100 versus 200 is, is just a different ball game. Yeah. Um, and just being in the the world, you know, as a personal trainer, as you know, a nutrition coach, as um, you know, I went to school for exercise science. The the methods, you know, and how to get there. That's something for me that I find fascinating. Yeah. So I'm really excited um i will be hiring a coach for the 200 um but I, i'm really excited to see the process on how how it all comes together so yeah well um, i mean obviously nothing nothing but the best for you i'm i'm uh certainly looking forward to living vicariously through through you for this <laughs> uh, because um as, as I've said before, and I'm very conscious to never say never, because that's, that's what usually leads to my poor life decisions. Is I say never. And then, you know, two years later, here I am doing it. Um, exactly. <laughs> but I have, I have no desire to run a hundred mile right now, let alone throw my name in the hat for a 200. Because again, that's that when you don't want to be picked, that's when you get picked. And when you're, when you're on pins and needles going, please God, let him pick me. That's when it never happens. So, exactly. um, Lesson, lesson learned vicariously through you. What yet again, don't put your name in a 200 mile hat unless you really want to be picked. But in all seriousness, I mean, like it's, it's going to be a, an adventure and, and hopefully the, the hundred goes, goes well. And that can kind of be something of a, of a springboard or a you know, stepping stone into the, the 200 mile training, which, um, I mean, I don't know exactly when it would start, but it's, uh, I kind of feel like it almost, can't, you know, it kind of has already started like, like this hundred mile build is building that base for the 200 mile. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess TBD on how it all shakes out. Yes. So, I mean, from what I understand, cause I reached out to a, a coach I'm looking into. Um, and so it sounds like I'll probably have about three months to do whatever I want to mm-hmm. do and then start training in January for the June race yeah. specifically. So, um, I know, like I said, I'm excited. I think, I think that also kind of re-energized me to, um, keep moving forward and trudging forward through this summer yeah. <laughs> heat yeah. training for the hundred miler. And, um, I know that, you know, it's, I'm not going to have to be training all summer long for Tahoe. Mm. I'll be tapering by the time the heat really hits. So I'm also excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and for somebody who, you know, if if I'm, if I'm, you know, kind of connecting dots accordingly, like obviously kind of the the adventure of the trails and the scenery on the trails is something that, that motivates you. Like, like you said, everybody says that Tahoe is just absolutely beautiful so you get to get out there and experience it for a, a few days and trudge along and you know get uh get that that finisher's glory maybe another dfl but who cares it, the, the the key there is the l uh, i'm right. sorry you know just just finishing like i guess yep. dfl doesn't have any of those any finish is not part of that that statement those that know no right. but it, it still means that you finished and that's that's the key yeah so shifting gears a little bit uh before we we get close to wrapping up today katie um, you kind of mentioned it there a little bit. I mentioned it in the beginning, kind of being in, in the personal training world, doing some strength work. You mentioned CrossFit uh, as, as as part of your life as well. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of strength training for us as runners and, and all the benefits. And just quite frankly, strength training for us as humans, because, uh, you know, we're, we're humans first, runners second, most of us, I think. Um, but but curious from your perspective, both professionally and, you know, just in your own training, um, what, what role or, or what benefits or, or you know, what, like... The, the the component between ultra running and, and strength training like what's what's the the benefit for for you 
Um, I think it's, there's multiple benefits for me personally. Um, I was just talking with a friend yesterday about it. Part of it for me, though, I, I think it helps prevent burnout is mm-hmm. having two different sports that I kind of go back and forth through. Um, but strength training, um, and I said even before I went to school, I kind of wanted to go to school to, to prove my my idea, which is an idea already out there that's been proven, is that strength training and nutrition I mean, and sleep will make you a stronger runner and a uh, less chance of injury um, and just overall um, just, yeah, a, a stronger runner. And I was able to prove that personally. I actually took three months off from all cardio at one point and no running. Um, I strictly lifted weights. Um, I had a weightlifting program for me specifically. And then I went on and that second half marathon, I actually PR'd my half marathon by about 18 minutes on a harder course with only having about five or six weeks to train for it. Wow. Um, so that right there proved everything that I needed to know. Um, anytime that I've taken a break from strength training, I feel like I'm one wrong step away from an injury. Um, so it's been challenging for me right now to try and figure out how, what that right balance is, you know, for, cause when you, with training, you talk about volume, you talk about load and trying to figure out how the strength training plays into the overall volume and load of your running too, and make sure that you're not overtraining. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, a an important piece of the puzzle, and and I mean I kind of have these, these something along these lines of this conversation. Anytime I'm talking to somebody who has some some strength training background, personal trainers, CSCS, NASM, like whatever whatever the case might be, um, but I'm not sure we've ever gone kind of gone down this ex- exact track, and and um, I don't know how far there is to go because it is kind of an unknown. But like, yeah, it's it's so easy to think that. Um, everything's compartmentalized, right? Like my running is my running. My strength training is my strength training. My work is my work. My sleep is my, like, but, but there's, they're so all interconnected. Um, and, and I guess maybe kind of the, the question that I'm getting to since you kind of brought it up is like, wh- what have you done as the, as the mileage has increased for this hundred miler? Like how has that impacted your strength training in terms of intensity, volume, et cetera? I am just now getting to the point where I am, um, starting to taper down on my CrossFit. Um, and I'm focusing more on just the weight lifting for the strength training and not doing the workouts mm-hmm. that have the cardio built in. Um, when I, uh, had my last hundred K back in February, I think a few weeks before race day, I think I was down to about two days a week at CrossFit. Um, when it was really time for taper, I think I did like one day the last couple weeks before race day. Um, and this, the training for the hundred miler has been a completely different beast. And so I, I guess I'm, I'm fortunate that I am fairly in tune with my body. Um, I do like to do all of the training. So that is something I'm aware of with myself, but I am also aware when my body says, Hey, something's got to give. Um, so how are we going to figure this out? Feel comfortable, still get that strength training in, um, but not push too far. So it is something that I am wanting to learn more about. It, I feel like there's not a lot of information out there. There's not a lot of people who, um, I don't even know if support is the right way or right word, uh, to put the idea of keeping both at the same time. And so I'm, I'm just doing my best to try to network out there with, 
with like-minded people um, who who support the idea of keeping both and just learn how what that right balance is to keep the the correct volume and the correct load right. um, and to keep you safe. Yeah, and it's it's from from my perspective and and for whatever that's worth, um, maybe the trickiest part is that it's it's not a set target. Not only from one runner to the next, but within the same individual week to week, month to month, what what might be okay right here, um, the same volume, the same intensity two weeks later because of life or because of work or or whatever, um, can all could potentially all of a sudden be, be too much or you could do more. And, and so it's, it's, it's feels like a constant moving target where, you know, into your point, you really have to be the better in tuned you are with your body and being able to kind of read some of those subtle signals and knowing that, all right, I need to back off just a little bit. Like, yes, I did this last week, but this week I can't, um, is really a, a key piece of that puzzle. Yes. I, and I think that the, the way that you said that was the, the moving target. And I think that's spot on. <laughs> Well, good. Glad to know every once in a while, if I just keep talking, something falls out that's, that's maybe, maybe hitting the mark. Um, you talk about nutrition as well. And obviously being a, being a nutrition coach, you know, and again, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on what we fuel our body with is, is important. And you know, the, the, the better, the better the, the food is, or the, the, the higher quality of the food is that just the, the better our body is, is going to operate. Uh, but what, what led you down, down that path towards getting some nutrition uh, certification and, and starting the, the Libra Fit Foodie uh, side of your, your life? Um, I am that person with that story um, who has, um, after my fourth was born, I got into CrossFit and started learning about nutrition through CrossFit. I remember the one day I asked the owner, I said, what am I supposed to eat before I work out? I had no idea. I mean, I had that little knowledge. Mm. Um, I got it set up for nutrition um, meetings once a month. And then a few months later, um, there was a member at the CrossFit gym who started her own nutrition company. And I started working with her. Uh, I lost 50 pounds in a year. Wow. And obviously, when you know, you're when you're overweight, you know, it's, I, I was a mom of four and my diet was coffee and it's not just black coffee, you know, it's the sugary <laughs> coffees. It's the mocha, um, choca, froca, loca, whatever. Exactly. Coffee, you know? to, to keep you awake all morning, I'm eating my kids leftover macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets during the day. And I'm, you know, have enjoying a glass of wine to unwind at night. Like it's, it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so I was clearly, I was overweight and, um, it was a life changing experience for me. Not, not just losing the weight, obviously. Um, but again, seeing what your body can do and then seeing what a role nutrition actually plays with your body. Um, after I lost that weight, I actually flipped the, you know, 180 and I wanted to put on more lean mass. Mm. So I had to eat differently for that. Um, my performance with strength, my performance with speed, when I was hitting PRs in a mile, you know, running faster, performing better than I was in high school, it was just so, it was such a, just a cool experience. And I think experiencing it myself gave me the passion to want to help other people see what they're capable of as well. Um, so it's, it's really, it's the education, um, 
I've taken between, you know, the certifications to also just, you know, going to school in the field, um, and nutrition course, just learning. It's in some ways it's so basic and society has made it so complicated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I just, I want to educate others on, on nutrition. And, um, as you can see with my logo, um, I'm all about balance. That's Libra. I am a Libra. Mm -hmm. Um, and our sign is the scales. Um, you see the, the donuts on one side and the, the vegetables and fruits on the other side. I am all about balance. I don't like, you know, restrictive mindsets. Um, sustainability is, is key because if you can't continue to live the lifestyle, you're just going to end up back at the beginning again and get in that vicious cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I agree wholeheartedly and, and, um, curious, you know, from, from, the, the nutrition side of things. Um, and I don't know if, if this opens too big of a can of the worms, just let me know. We'll, we'll sidestep it. But what's one of your biggest pet peeves in terms of uh, commonly held beliefs on the nutrition front? That's just patently not, not accurate. If for lack of a better way of asking the question. There, there's two, but I'll just stick with well, one. You can um, give us both if you want. I mean, the more the merrier, but yeah, we'll, 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 um, we'll take one. We'll be, we'll really be happy with two if you want to. That, that that carbs are bad. Mm. Um, I I really I know that there are fat adapted athletes out there and that's great. Um, I I you know I can't tell them what's good for their body or not. Um, you know if, if they're performing, if their blood work is good, and that's those are the things with with health is it's not just one thing. You know it's your, it's mm-hmm. your physical, it's your mental, it's your emotional. Um, how are you performing? How are you feeling? Um, but does your blood work match up with that? Uh, Because I've known people who have lost weight um, doing restrictive diets, but then they get the blood work back and they're not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't support that. Or there's, you know, other methods that people like. And I said, well, how do you get, you know, enough protein? And they're like, well, I don't. And I said, well, then I can't really support that. You know what I mean? Um, And so I think that kind of goes back to the whole, the balance thing. Um, for me, I, you know, with my clients, I always start them with uh, kind of the baseline, the recommended percentages of macronutrients. And then I, we, we talk each week and how are you feeling, how are you performing? And it is also, you know, a preference thing. Well, if they want to eat a little bit more fat and a little bit less carb, as long as they're still getting all of the macronutrients, as long as they're still getting all the micronutrients, I'm not going to tell them that they have to do this or they have to do that because if they're healthy and that's working for their body, you know, there, there is some level of individualization from person to person on what works for them. And again, sustainability, I'm not going to make somebody miserable (laughs) uh, out of principle. And, you know, just because, just because, so if it's working for them and they're getting the results they want and they're healthy, then that's what works for them. For me, I have shown and proven that I perform better on carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, my, my leanest point is when I was eating the most carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are not bad. They are the, the first source that your body uses for energy. And um, I really just, that, that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I need to, to tread carefully because everybody that listens to the show for long knows that that I, I don't want to say that I'm not, and I'm not pushing back at you at all. Um, but I, I have done kind of the low, fa- the low carb type of thing. Yes. Um, 
but but I say that to, to again, not trying to push back because like to me, there's a difference between low carbs and no carbs. Right. And there's also a huge difference between shitty carbs and good carbs. And so like my version of of low carb is I try to get rid of most of the shitty carbs, like all the right. processed, refined nonsense. Like I drink my coffee black. Um, not trying to be high, higher, holier than thou or anything like that, but like, uh, like, you know, like black coffee is not a whole lot to it. Um, but like, you know, do I have ice cream with my, with my kid on her birthday? Yeah. Do I worry about it? No. Do it. Do I have fruit most every day and vegetables and starches and things like that? I mean, yes. So it's like to your point, and And, and the reason I'm saying this is just because I want people to be like, why didn't you mention that you're a low carb kind of guy? Like, <laughs> I've, I've figured out kind of a, a, a mix that seems to work for me. And just because it works for me doesn't need, doesn't mean that it works for everybody. Doesn't mean that I'm right. You're wrong. Vice versa. Like, you know, we have principles and, and, and things that you try and experiment and you, you, you dabble and, and you know, if, if more carbs is, is better for you, rock on. And if fewer carbs is better or different types of carbs, like, like it's all about to, to your point, what works, what's healthy, what's sustainable and finding that mix as far as, as far as I'm concerned, correct me where I'm wrong. Oh, no. And I, I 100% agree. And there's nothing, I mean, I can't even come back on anything that you said. Like you said, it works for you and you're you're still eating carbohydrates. You're not eliminating right. carbohydrates. And I think that's like um, when, when people say carbs are bad and they just eliminate them, mm-hmm. um, you know, because then you are technically eliminating fruits and vegetables. And right. because that's fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do, so, um, do you ever no, feel, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to no. this is, this is, and this isn't me trying to go anywhere. I, this is just an honest question. Do you ever feel like both sides of the coin where it's like carbs are terrible and carbs are everything? Like I kind of feel like, like most issues that are divisive anywhere in the country slash world, like somewhere in the, in the middle is, is ultimately where we need to be. But both, both of the extremes tend to get all the attention when it comes to carbs, just in general, are we still in alignment there or, or, or kind of where do you stand on that line of, of black and white thinking and maybe the gray is really where, where it's at? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I mean, my, my logo is literally a scale, a balance of the scale. <laughs> it's all about balance. Um, so I 100 um, percent, I, I do. I get, I get frustrated when I see both extremes and mm-hmm. both sides um, because, you know, fats, provide, um, you know, things that you need, you know, for your body as well same as protein, you know, mm-hmm. each macronutrient has their role in your body. Right. And so as long as you're getting the right balance of them for your body, that's really ultimately what's ma- what matters, you know, mm-hmm. for your body, for your lifestyle, for your activity level, um, that that's what matters. Right. Right. I, I love it when, uh, when, when I'm speaking with folks and like, we're, we may be, uh, you know, not, not that we're, I don't think opposed, but like not right. exactly on the same side of, of the spectrum, but both recognize that like there's, there, there is this middle ground and like, we don't have to be enemies and, and we can just, you know, chat it out. And, and, and ultimately like we're, we're both on the same team, I think. So yeah. that's, that's, that's good to, good to be there for folks that, that are maybe in the, the, the market for looking for some help on the nutrition front, um, obviously we, we've got the website, LibraFitFoodie.com. Is that, is that local? Is that virtual? Anybody listening that, that, that needs some help or wants some help? Can they, they look you up? Yes, I can do, um, you know, local to Arizona and I can do, um, online as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. So y'all, 
Uh, if, if, you, if you like Katie's perspective and, and you're, you're in the market, again, LibraFitFoodie.com. Of course, we'll have that linked in the show notes. You can follow her on, on social media as well. Final question for you, Katie, before we get you out of here for today. Um, something that I call the philosophical question. It's kind of like the introductory question at the beginning, um, except instead of it being a standard question, we kind of rotate through or, or different things that maybe pop up uh, during the conversation um, that, that then I, I you know, kind of try to throw something very open-ended out there, and that's what we'll wrap up for today. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, like, like since, since you've, you got started running and, and the timeline again is correct, or at least kind of getting back into it, 2018 for that first half marathon that things went, went sideways, but you're still, still here and obviously some big plans for, for later <laughs> this year and, and into 2023. Um, what have you learned most about yourself in the last, you know, four or five years of, of getting back into the running world um, that obviously there's no way of knowing, but maybe you would have never learned that lesson had you not, you know, stuck with it, joined the moms, moms run this, this, am I going to make it wrong? Moms run this town or what, what is that? Yes. All right. Yes. Whew, got it right. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, since you got around those women, started running, uh, signed up for the races, dot, 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 here we are. What's, what's something that running maybe has taught you that, uh, you, you never, you, you didn't realize until, until you started, started in the sport. That's a good question. Um, I really just think it's about it's still about what your body's capable of doing. Um, like I said, I, I DNF my first two miler. <laughs> I'd never did cross country. Um, only crazy people run marathons. Um, I, anything is possible. I, I know it's a, it's a kind of cliche thing, but, um, a cliche saying, but it's, it's true. If you, if you want something, go for it. Um, it's, and if, if you are a mom or if you have, you know, nieces and nephews, you know, young kids around you, they are watching you. And I have seen that with my kids. Um, they have made uh, comments to me or, you know, just Mother's Day gifts that they see my drive, they see my determination. And I think um, being that example for future generations of the, the I can attitude is really important to, um, to, to be, um, an example of. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, uh, yeah, you know, from, from a two mile DNF to a 200 mile finish a year from now, uh, what a, what a just, like you said, it's a cliche, but most cliches are, there's, there's a bit of truth to them. That's why they, they stick around. And, and yeah, I can't wait to, to follow along, like I said, and, and see how things go. And y'all, once again, if you want to follow along with Katie on her journey to her first, first hundred mile race, and then training up for and, and completing hopefully the, that first 200 mile race. And who knows what, what limits she'll be decide to push after that at Katie Kendricks on Instagram for her personal at Libra.fit.foodie on Instagram for more of the, the nutrition side of things. LibraFitFoodie.com is the website. And once again, Dizruns.com slash 1076. Dizruns.com slash 1076. All the links as per usual to help you find Katie, connect with Katie. And uh, if you need some help on the nutrition front, She'll be on my, my short list of folks that I'll be recommending in the future because I can tell we're, again, we're, we're, we're aligned enough that, that I like where she's at and I, no doubt she can help you. So, uh, Katie, thanks again for the time today. Uh, like I said, nothing but the best for the 100-miler. The Hopefully that goes much more smoothly than that first half marathon. Um, and then, you know, get some good downtime, rest, recover, and then happy training and, and good luck in Tahoe and beyond. And uh, hopefully maybe someday we can do this again. But until then, take care of yourself. And again, thanks for the time today. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Katie and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was our, what was your 
not our. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, there were, as, as often the case, several things. But the one I'm going to go with was kind of the first thing that really stood out when Kitty was kind of sharing kind of how she got into running. And you know, that first race wasn't, uh, wasn't the greatest experience. And yet she came back and tried it again. And I just, you know, can't help but think of all the times running and otherwise where something that, you know, I didn't necessarily like it the first time, maybe not even the second time, but for one reason or another, kind of kept back, kept coming back to it, kept trying it again. And whether you want to call it an acquired taste, whether you want to call it just, you know, whatever evolution and preferences, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever fancy label you want to put on it, sometimes you try something a second time, a third time, and it starts to to you know be a little bit better be something that maybe you not only don't enjoy but maybe you even sort of you know actually look forward to actually do enjoy not just tolerate but actually do enjoy and you know y'all have heard me talk about running being an acquired taste you've heard me talk about um you know the first marathon and how miserable that was and never going to do that again and yet dot 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 you know i did it again and now i kind of enjoy going that type of distance same thing with ultras no, carry. not same thing with OCR events. That's that's still not something I'm ready to try yet. But who knows? You know, now you can take my own medicine sometimes. Maybe if I did try it, I might enjoy it. Or maybe not, but maybe if the second time. Maybe the third time. Who knows? But I, I guess the, the point for me is that you can't always judge everything on the first try. It's probably you shouldn't even judge everything before you even try it once. But, you know, sometimes you, it does take a second attempt. Whether it's, you know, strength training, whether it's yoga, whether it's different race distances or different types of races, different types of disciplines, different training philosophies, you know, like if, if you tried to judge heart rate training by your first run, yeah, it's not good. You got to stick with it for a while to see the results. And, and that's just kind of all, all the things that are kind of coming together for me when, when, or were coming together for me when Katie was talking about how, yeah, that first race wasn't great, but the, she tried it again. And the second one was better. And that's really where she fell in love with, with running and especially running out on the trails. And then look where she is now and what she's going for, um, you know, with that hundred miler next year. So just, just that the importance to me, or the reminder to me of, of give things, give things a fair shake, give whether, again, whether it's running, whether it's, it's life stuff, whether it's, it's something else in between the first, the first impression matters, but it's not necessarily set in stone and maybe trying something a second time or a third time could really be the, the key that unlocks something that you really do enjoy. It's, it's worked for me many times, you know, and as I, you know, as I keep going forward, need to maybe remember to not just be closed down after trying something one time and not really, not really digging it. Like maybe come back to it, circle back, maybe give it some time, but circle back in the future. Try it again. And maybe, just maybe, things might be different. Anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. At DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can also send an email to DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today. Where we've got, you know, we've got the links. We've got the Cliff's notes. We've got the Ellen's notes. Let's not kid ourselves. Ellen is the one doing the show notes. Always doing a great job. You feel free to check out her handiwork. Uh, we've also got some photos from Katie got links, got all the things. And we got that comment section down at the bottom of the page as well. Dizruns.com slash 1076. Dizruns.com slash 1076. We'll get you back to the show notes where you can, of course, leave some comments, thoughts, takeaways there. No character limits. No ending up in the other folder. 
just coming right to the email, right to my inbox. I'll check it, reply back. You can start a little conversation there if you're so inclined. And while you're at the website, instead of typing anything else in, just hit that home button. After you've hit your left your comment, hit that home button, take you right back to the homepage and get yourself entered into the giveaway if you haven't done so already. Some of y'all, some of y'all have been in this giveaway since like 2014. You've been in it since day one, which is impressive. Guess what? You're still in it. But get yourself entered now. In 8, 10, 12 years from now, you'll still be in the giveaway. Still hoping that the random, hopefully, hopefully you'll have been picked by the random number generator. Maybe hoping to get picked for a second time or a third time. But one way or the other, disruns.com slash giveaway right there at the homepage, disruns.com. Get yourself entered into the giveaway for a free training plan. Keep an eye on your email because that's where I announce it beginning of each month. Who's the winner, winner, chicken dinner this month? It might just be you. And then when you're ready to cash in, just let me know. We'll get you set up. 16 weeks on me. And not some half-baked 16 weeks. The exact same level that you get when you sign up for a training plan. So you're getting you're getting my full effort for 16 weeks on the house. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. So get yourself entered if you haven't done so already. And with that, we'll go ahead and wind this one up. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Katie and I with you today. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, hit that share button. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later.